Good morning and happy Saturday, you guys. It is Amanda and Barron with Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. And I, before we get started, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors of this first half, and that is Oddmo's Pizza. It's pizza. You can't go wrong with them. And it doesn't matter whether I bring you cauliflower pizza or whether I bring you that deep dish pizza. You like a pork, don't you? Yes, absolutely. And then also uh, Five Marketing. They are absolutely amazing for all of your website needs. If you have questions on your current website, you want to update it, or you want to get started on a new one, he is your go-to, and that is Five Marketing. And we have... One guest in studio and one guest on the radio. I mean, on the phone. We do. That were the radio and the phone. That was really good. <laughs> words, words are hard today. I'm sorry. So in studio, we have a new friend, uh, Marianne McNally. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And on the on the phone, we have a repeat. Bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> well, boy, that was quite an introduction, yeah. Brenda. You got the drum roll with that one. <laughs> so again, Brenda, the co-founder, of kicking cancer with us on the on the phone. Brenda, it's so good to hear your voice again. Nice, nice. Love to be with you guys. It's always fun to be in studio, even though I'm down here in Arizona. Absolutely. Well, I guarantee you, Brenda, it's uh, warmer in Arizona because it is currently snowing outside here right now. True story. No way. It's snowing. Wow. Well, I have some beautiful oranges right outside my window. Don't even get started. I got to go warm up some orange juice now, you guys. Oh, you are... (laughs) You know, this is like when you and were in studio and Terry was here and he wanted to know where the donuts were at. Don't even get stars with oranges. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what so just out of curiosity, Rita, what is the what's the what's the temperature there in Yuma, Arizona? We're in the seventies today, so it's a beautiful day. All right, Amanda, hang up Lovely. on her. Hang yeah, up on her. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> you guys come on down. Come yeah. on down. We got room for you. There's a there's a reason why there's snowbirds and they go down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All righty, good stuff. Well, I, our recap uh, from last week, we talked about um, my friend who has created our website for us and his reason for wanting to get involved with kicking cancer. Brenda and I kind of coined a phrase sometime back. Uh, I like to call it the why that makes you cry. And as I as we've continued, here we are four and a half years into this little idea that we could possibly get cancer. I keep asking people, you know, what what's your reason for wanting to help us with what we're doing? And once I find their reason, it's their why that makes them cry. And so Jason Lewis with Lewis Media Group has created our website for us. But his friend was a story we told last week, Amanda. Yes. And I don't I don't I don't know this friend. He passed away in ninety seven. But he was a super, super good friend of Jason. And I do remember I asked Jason if he wanted to come in and tell Lorenz's story. And he got a little choked up when I even asked him that. He's like, no, I can't do it. you got to tell, you gotta tell yeah, Lorenz's story. absolutely. But we announced something when we, when we told that story. And I just want to remind our listeners that we're going to kick this off. I've already got prints on work on it. The first Saturday of every month, and Brenda, you can do this in Yuma, Listeners that we have out there in Denver, Colorado, right. right? We are going to start uh, a memorial the first day of every month. We're going to do ours at Riverfront Park. It'll be at 8 o'clock in the morning, and it's the Do Not Let Them Die in Vain day. I love it. Just come on down. Stick around as long as you want. Um, everyone has their own reasons. I'm sure that almost everyone has lost somebody to cancer, 
and this is our way to memorialize them. I tried to start this before COVID. It didn't really get off the ground, then COVID hit. And so I think we're prepared to kick it off again. That's awesome. That's exciting. So when? what's the date again? So it's the first Saturday in January, which I believe is the 7th of January. Okay. It'll be at 8 o'clock in the morning. So the great thing about this event is it doesn't really matter what city you're in. It doesn't matter what time zone you're in. Because it's always 8 o'clock somewhere, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we want people in Pennsylvania. We want people in Germany. We want people in... Russia. Russia. You know, we have a good following in the Philippines. 8 o'clock in the morning, wherever you're at, on the first Saturday, find a park, grab your friends, and memorialize the ones you've lost to cancer. I love it. Grab a picnic basket and just go enjoy your coffee. Take a walk. Yeah, and, you know, the first Saturday in January here in, in Salem will probably be a cool morning, so we'll throw our coats on. We'll yep. grab a little Starbucks coffee and, you know, meet up with Marianne and you and yeah. remember those that I we've love lost. It. I love it. The other thing I want to remind our listeners, through the whole month of December is the Kickin' Cancer Awareness Quest. Okay, tell me more. Well, it, it, you have to go to any of the odd mows in town to get your little booklet. Okay. It's a scavenger hunt. I love scavenger hunts. And the reason I'm going to tell you Odd Moses because they're the sponsor yes. for this, this scavenger hunt. Okay. Okay. And it's really simple. There are nine cancer colors. So there are nine clues in this little book. Okay. When you open the, this little bifold, it looks like a map. And there's a clue for that business. Okay. And you have to figure out the clue so you know what business you're going to. And then you go to the business and they'll give you a sticker to put in your book. I love it. Once you fill that book up, you just, there's an, it's, it's a guide to ask in the back. It'll go to the Kicking Cancer office. And Oddmos will give you a free pizza. Really? Just for finishing the book. Okay. So um, after this, I'm headed to Oddmos. But it gets even better <laughs> because at the end, we're going to run this through the end of the month. So the first week in January, Mike Sublet with Oddmos and I are going to together, and we're going to get all the books that get finished, and he's going to pick one of them, and that lucky winner wins a pizza a week for all of next year. Mike is donating a pizza a week. I know, I know, right now you are salivating. <laughs> <laughs> I am rallying oh, up here. everybody I know so that we can get this pizza once a week. Yeah. It's, and the clues the clues are not super hard. Um, they're not easy, but they're not super hard either. And so, for example, once you figure out the clue and you go to the business, that might that business might be a green sticker and a different one will be a blue sticker. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because there's nine cancer colors out there. I love it. And we made 500 of these little bifolds are scattered throughout the city. Okay. And I told Mike, just based on normal marketing, if we get a 10% return, mm-hmm. 50, 50 people actually finish this little book. And I know Mary Ann's in, in sales, so 10% is a pretty decent return rate. That's 50 pizzas that Mike is going to donate. Yeah, that's Except amazing. Except come January, he'll donate 52 more. That's crazy. That's so awesome. And Mike is making about a $2,000 donation for that's this. That's amazing. Thank you, Mike. We truly appreciate it. That's it's awesome. It's just... And that's cool. You get to bring awareness to the other businesses that you're bringing them to also. Yeah. In my opinion, I think that's really cool. Yeah, and each one of the stickers is, is really small. It has the donkey on it with the color in the background. So Yay. it was just a fun way to keep kicking cancers 
brand out there through the holidays. Absolutely. And so we have the Kiki Cancer Awareness Quest that runs through the end of the year. Okay. And then we hope to see as many listeners as we can that first Saturday. And we'll keep reminding you about that first Saturday. Too. Perfect. How exciting. So that's our recap. Okay. So then now next is our shocking information. And this is That's gonna, my favorite part. She, you know, I can't even, Marianne, I can't tell you how many times that she is truly flabbergasted. Well, it's, you're amazing. <laughs> Let's just start by that. The things that I have learned that you tell me and bring to the table, I love it. Well, I love and, it. And, and Brenda, you should chime in here because Brenda said something to me mm-hmm. one time on the phone. What did you say, Brenda, about Amanda's response? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's very genuine. That's what I just love about it, is it's just organic. Mm-hmm. And that's what everybody should feel is, wow, this is shocking. I'm hearing it for the first time, and it's very real. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I can tell you that this is not staged. Amanda truly is shocked. <laughs> Every time I'm like, no way. Well, I, I went back Good. to my, my book that's 30 years old. Okay. So the Cancer Prevention Diet. Uh, and I went back to breast cancer, which will tie into Marianne's story here in a little bit. But I found this intriguing. There was a 50-year study. Okay. That's a pretty long study. It's a long study. 50-year study. It was on diet and breast cancer specifically on mortality, breast cancer mortality in England and Wales between 1928 and 1977. Okay. Showed that at the onset of World War II, breast cancer mortality marks markedly fell as the consumption of sugar, meat, and fat declined, and the consumption of grains and vegetables increased. Okay. Now, we don't have time. It would be a whole different show, but Marianne's father was one of those guys that parachuted in during D-Day. What happened, Marianne, during World War II that we talk about sugar, meat, fat declining, grain? Why, why did that happen during World War II? Why did we see such a change, you know? I, <laughs> I, would, I, assume, I, <laughs> I would assume it's because they were using um, those resources for other parts of the war effort. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot harder to get those things during the war. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's the whole point of the study is that sugar, meat, and fat were harder to get. Okay. During the war. Uh, but then it says by 1954, so now we're... 10 years out of the war, consumption of these food stuffs, I thought that's funny that he actually says that in the book, (laughs) food stuffs return to pre-war levels. Okay. Now, for those that follow the history of some of our fast food chains, Burger King started about 1954, McDonald's started about, so all of our fast food chains started in the mid-50s because cars were out there. Right. You know. So we're returning to those pre-war levels. Breast cancer mortality did not return to pre-war levels until 15 years later, suggesting a lag time between the ingestion and the appearance of the disease. Okay. So, Brenda, you always have some good insights here. Why do you think it took 15 years once we changed our eating habits for those mortality rates to get back to where they used to be? Oh, yeah, things are going to take a while to be able to get back into the norm. You're needing to eliminate so many of the toxins that are in your body. That's going to take a little bit to happen. 
it's going to take a while to get the statistics up to, up to board for somebody to be out there and checking what the statistics are, for the markers to be sitting where they needed to go back to in the original state. So there's just time lags that need to be uh, that need to happen there. It's not instantaneous, and you know our health isn't instantaneous either, even though it is quickly improved on a day-to-day basis, it's cumulative that really makes the difference. And so I'm sure that has to do with that 15-year lag time there. So is all this making sense, Amanda? You're looking a little puzzled. A little bit. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of information. It's a lot of information. Yeah. What I find so intriguing is we got a 50-year study, mm-hmm. and when World War II starts, those commodities, like Marianne said, was they're hard to get because of the war effort. Yeah. Because they were hard to get, we went back to, what do we go back to? Natural grains, fruits, and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. saw breast cancer mortality drop because of that. Right. Yeah. The war's yeah. all done. Food consumption's back to what it used to be. And all of a sudden, breast cancer rates start going up. Okay. Mortality rates go up. Right. Again, correlation, causation. Mm-hmm. There's an interesting correlation as to what's happening. Okay. But there was one mention in there specifically that was sugar, and we've had discussions about sugar. Yeah. So I'm going to tie a couple other dates in specifically to sugar. Okay. And we can just throw in some thoughts here. Perfect. There was another study done at the University of California, San Francisco. The study was done in 2016, so it's a relatively recent study. Yeah. But what the study uh, examined was the internal sugar industries documents during the 60s and 70s. Okay. So in my timeline, I took you through 54. Yeah, so this is right after. Right after that. In the 60s and 70s, this this study that was done found some sugar industry documents. The documents revealed a campaign of disinformation that looks eerily similar to the efforts of the tobacco industry to downplay the dangers of smoking. Okay. 50 years ago, the sugar industry sponsored a research program to cast doubt on the role of sugar in heart disease risk and to promote fat as a dietary culprit. That doesn't even make sense. Brenda, your thoughts? Yeah, and give me that last part again. Let's hear that again. That was pretty intense. So these are, these are documents that the University of California, San Francisco found, and the sugar industry sponsored... A research program. <laughs> Brenda, you're laughing. The sugar industry sponsored. Are you laughing? Go ahead. <laughs> so they sponsored a program to cast doubt on the role of sugar in heart disease and to promote fat as the culprit. So they're saying the reason you're getting heart disease is because of the fat, <laughs> not because of sugar. Now, I know you are. Well, that's what I. Go ahead, Brenda. Well, that's what I wanted to hear you read it again because it's so interesting. I knew that's what you said, so let's hear it one more time. It's, yeah. it's like, read that again and let's be aware of it. Who sponsored the study? And that's something you need to be aware of. Whenever you're talking about a big study, who's sponsoring it? Who's there to gain the most out of mm-hmm. the study? Well, it's sponsored by the sugar industry. Obviously, they're going to do two things. They're going to try to make themselves as grandiose as possible, as minimal damage they've done, and they have to pass the buck someplace. So we're going to send that over to the fat industry. I'm not saying that the fat industry is is uh, uh, going to be uh, praiseworthy, but, you know, look at who it's been sponsored by. That's kind of what I'm chuckling about right there. Right. Well, and the other thing it says in here is that studies linking sugar 
to cancer also did not see the light of day. One more time. Mm. Yes. So that's how powerful the sugar industry was. Mm -hmm. So there were studies done in the 60s and 70s that linked sugar to cancer. Yeah, absolutely. Those studies did not see the light of day. Of course not. The campaign was largely successful and led to a series of recommendations based on the role of fat and cholesterol in heart disease while downplaying the role of sugar. Sugar. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. title... And bury those. They're not going to see the light of day. Well, and and th- again, I know Marianne has this book as well. This book is written by Dr. Lorenzo Cohen. He's at the MD Anderson. His job is integrative medicine, so he's not just somebody. Right. <laughs> and at the start, he says, an example of powerful forces we are up against became clear in 2016. We're sitting here, someone on the phone who's battled through... Well, she has, Brenda has metastatic breast cancer. And we'll hear more about Marianne's story, but Marianne has metastatic breast cancer. And yet, forces that we have no control over, who did know and chose not to reveal it. Yeah. He says, powerful forces we are up against became clear. It's it's frustrating because it's like uh, their wealth is more important than our health. That's very well said, and, and for yeah. the listeners can't see this, but Marianne is shaking her head vigorously. Yeah, their yeah, their wealth is more important than our health. That's what they prioritize, and that's a shame. Yeah, super well said. That's nice. We need T-shirts to say that. Right. <laughs> well, I find interesting in the very next paragraph. Um, he says the average American now consumes around 23 teaspoons of sugar per day. I think that's probably low. Would you agree, Brenda? That's probably low. Yeah, 20, right. 23 tea. Well, we know for a fact because we've talked about this on one of our other shows. If you mm-hmm. have a mount, if you have a Mountain Dew, just one Mountain Dew, you're already past 23 mm-hmm. teaspoons just a drink. Yeah, my husband's <laughs> guilty. Absolutely. My husband's guilty. He drinks a Mountain Dew every day, a, a can. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot of sugar. And he's like, he told me next, don't when you go to the store, don't buy them next time. Let let me run out. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, so you've been out for two days. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the store. You st- and he's like, dang it. Okay, get me one more case. And it's like, you're addicted to the sugar in the yeah. Mountain Dew. Pretty soon your husband is going to say, I'm done listening to Baron. That's what he's yeah. going to say. I'm done listening to Baron. <laughs> well, I find it interesting that it says, um, so it, I'm going to back up. Americans now consume around 23 teaspoons uh, sugar per day more than twice the daily intake recommendation of the World Health Organization. So the World Health Organization is saying consume half of that. And it's more than three times the amount recommended for women by the American Heart Association. They recommend more? No, they recommend a third of that. Oh, okay, okay. So specifically for women from the American Heart Association, they're consuming you should consume a third of that. Okay. The World Health Organization says you consume half of that, and we already agreed that 23 is probably a very conservative number. So this might be a really, really silly question, but it, it, would it be better just to cut sugar completely out, or do is it good for your body to have a little bit? Well, that would be a, a, probably another episode, another show. Okay. Because you can't just Wait, give me a yay or nay. Well, I, I, <laughs> yes or no. Uh, well, uh, what I'll tell you is, you know, and I'll, I'll, we can bring this up for another show. Um, you need to be careful what you're substituting sugar with. Okay. Yes. Right. Um, and I'll just I'll, I'll allude to the fact that in one of the other books I'll bring it in. Uh, one of the substitutes is aspartame. Mm-hmm. 
in the late 70s, they were seeing that, and this wasn't causation, this wasn't correlation, this was causation. They were seeing that aspartame was causing oh, brain wow. cancer Whoa. in small rodents. And that they always start with small rodents. Right? right, right. And so they went to the FDA and the FDA said, you're not going to take aspartame to human testing because we already know it causes brain cancer. You know what happened in 1983? They put it on the shelves? Yep, they put it in Diet Pepsi. Wow. And we have been consuming aspartame as a sugar substitute since the early 80s. Okay. So be careful what you substitute sugar with. Right. That's okay. my point. Okay. Right. You're right. nodding your and head. I, I, and if you don't have to choose... Yeah, if you have to choose, it's probably better to do the real sugar than the aspartame if you have to do, the, do that kind of a choice thing. But our bodies run on mostly on glucose. That's what our body needs to be able to use its energy. It will run on fat eventually, but it runs on glucose first. But what you want to be sure of is that you're getting real glucose from real food. You don't have any need for actual sugar, like white processed sugar, but you do have need for sugar in the form of fruits and uh, vegetables that are going to have the sugar in them naturally. Okay, that's a great answer. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. you know, again, Kicking Cancer was formed uh, in the middle of 2018, and Brenda would come up and visit with me, and we would go to some of these greeters' events. And, and I'd, I like orange juice, and so I'd grab some orange juice. Well, then when we got home, and Brenda just burst my bubble, because <laughs> she pointed out that orange juice actually has added, added sugar. sugar. Yep. Like, Dad, gum it. Not not if it's straight orange juice. And you want to be careful of that. If you're buying something like Sunny Delight, that has added sugar. If you're buying just orange juice, it doesn't have any added sugar. And that's where you want to check. If the nutrition label has it in the ingredient list, then that's a problem. You don't want to see the word sugar in there. If it has it in the nutrition facts where it says, like, proteins and fiber and sugar, well, that could be naturally occurring sugar as long as it doesn't say added sugar. So just orange juice doesn't have added sugar. But the thing is, you want to be careful. There's also no fiber in there to slow down the natural sugar that's going straight into your body. And that's where Brenda burst my bubble. She's like, if you want orange juice, just eat oranges. I'm like, no, but I like orange juice. She's like, there's no fiber to help you. (laughs) Right, right. And, And so there's no added sugar to it, but you're also not getting the fiber. So that's kind of the point on that one. Okay. So I know we're running close uh, on time on break. I'm just going to throw a teaser and we can pick this up. Brittany, can you stay with us for the second half of the show? How are you doing on time? Yeah, we're good. Let's do it. Okay. Yes. So, and I'm going to for the sake of time, we'll start this. But he says, while the idea that sugar feeds cancer, and and that's actually in quotes. So Dr. Cohen says, the idea that sugar feeds cancer is still disputed by many oncologists as an oversimplification. Research in the past 10 years suggests a clear connection between high blood sugar levels and certain types of cancer. In 2011, a study, researchers at the uh, Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York analyzed health data from 4,500, so a pretty big group. 4,500, yeah. Of post-menopausal women over a 12-year period, and they found that those with the highest blood sugar levels were twice as likely to develop colon cancer. Really? Okay. So sugar plays a huge role in so many different things that you don't even realize. Well, that takes us back to your... Yeah, and that takes us back to your difference between causation and correlation and trying to decide how that's fitting in there, but it's very interesting. And, And I think that's the point he makes on early on, is that 
for a, for a researcher or an oncologist, they, for them to make a definitive statement, they can't prove causation. Right, but they can prove but correlation. They can, a very definite correlation. Okay. So to say sugar feeds cancer, they're having trouble actually making that as a clear statement. Right. But he says that. Well, the other one, I think I have time for this one in here too. In a long-term study published in 2012, this is in Sweden. So now we've gotten out of the United States. Researchers in Sweden showed that men who drink one 12-ounce soda can. It's hard to find a 12-ounce soda can. Mm-hmm. They're all like 16, 20, right? right? But men who drink one 12-ounce soda can a day increase their risk of prostate cancer by 40%. Whoa. One. My husband drinks one can of soda. You day. might want to let him know what I just read. Forty percent. Forty percent greater chance wow. of prostate cancer by one soda a day. Okay, I'm done enabling. I'm done, <laughs> I'm done buying the soda pop because when he gives me the green light, I buy it. Now it's like, nope, you'll have to go to the grocery store yourself. All right, really quick, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors of this half, and that is Five Marketing for all of your website needs. He's absolutely amazing. And Oddmo's Pizza, don't forget to check them out for the Kicking Cancer Scavenger Hunt this month. All right, we'll be back, you guys.